This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast Solo Edition. Justin Cuthbert, what is the word? Everyone, we are now more than a week into the NHL season. It has gotten going. Sample sizes are expanding. The cream is rising. And the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres are first, tied in first, in the Atlantic Division. Yes, for the first time ever on this podcast, I think. Reminder, it's only two years or so old. But for the first time ever, we are going to heap praise on Buffalo. We are going to take advantage of this fleeting moment because as we know, it probably won't last forever. The Buffalo Sabres are 3-0 under Don Granato. They've got the best goal differential. Well, again, tied, but the best goal differential in the NHL. We have Zemgis Gergensen's looking like the all-star he was a couple years ago. Shout out to Latvia. We have Kyle Ocpozo, Jeff Skinner scoring goals, doing what they refused to do in recent years, which is put the puck in the net. They've got arguably the worst tandem in the entire Eastern Conference with Dustin Tokarski and Craig Anderson, two goaltenders that could have been out of the league years ago. They each have save percentages over 950. The vibes in Buffalo, they are incredible. And again, it won't last, we know. Got the Bruins and Lightning coming up this week. There's a very good chance it's three and three before it's, you know, before they get four wins into the win column. But there's a very good chance that this three-game run, this start, could shape the entire season for Buffalo. I know. I know they've crashed and burned after hot starts before. They may have made it all the way to U.S. Thanksgiving in, you know, maybe not first place, but close to a couple years back, just in the recent past, before going full 18-wheeler and ending up where they are now. But starts have meant something. Time and time again, historically, in the NHL, starts are important. It is much easier to stay out of the ditch when you haven't dug it for yourself already. I thought this was going to be a disastrous season in Buffalo. I thought they were going to go under their point totals. I thought they were going to be picking first or second again, and they very well could. But through three games in an 82-game season, it might be just enough to prevent that as long as the expectations for them do stay something less than modest. All that said, Advantage Arizona in the Shane Wright sweepstakes, which is probably more important than overshooting expectations just a little bit. Topic number two here. So I'm writing a uh, notes column now at Yahoo Sports, a shameless plug. You can bank on there being many of those. Uh, So please check that out on Tuesdays. Or you could wait till this show, which is on Fridays, because, you know, more often than not, we'll be pulling from it. The game between New York and Toronto was top of mind for that column, and it captured my attention for several reasons. One, we had the return of Austin Matthews. I mean, clearly we're going to be interested in that. He is the greatest goal scorer on the planet, after all. That said, and just as an aside, 
Connor McDavid might be challenging for that with that new one-timer of his, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, but also interesting because Toronto was finally playing not one of six other teams. Very exciting to see a different sweater come through Scotiabank Arena. And also we had the debut of Toronto's relaxed dress code. And we will get back to that in a moment. But I came for those things and I stuck around for a different thing. I stuck around for Igor Shestyrkin. I am all aboard the Igor Shestyrkin hype train. I might be driving it. And as a 34 to 1 better on him to win the Vesna, you know, you, you should expect this to continue. But, you know, you don't even have to. I don't need any propaganda here because that was one of the best performances goaltending performances of the young season for my money so far. Yes, it's just been a week into the year. But when you prevent Austin Matthews from scoring in a game where he had his like most prolific shooting and attempting game of his entire career, the best goal scorer on the planet, shooting more and getting more targeted shots than, than normal, at least. I mean, it says something about your performance. This is Austin Matthews, and he came oh so close, but Shestyrkin was there every time so far in this young season he's in the anderson tokarski territory which is a good thing again uh with a 949 save percentage through three starts he didn't play in the opener for the new york rangers and they lost that game um they might have lost it with chest in there anyway but you know that puts that decision under the microscope but i think it's pretty clear and i think jar glant knows and understands it doesn't matter if it's a back-to-back just don't galaxy brain this whole thing just get Shestyrkin into the crease because he's the best option you have and maybe one of the best options in the entire league. I'm expecting him to be the driver of the New York Rangers postseason push. Not Gallant, not the newfound team toughness, not Panarin or Zibanejad or Fox, although they'll be involved, of course. It'll be Igor Shestyrkin that makes or breaks the New York Rangers season, and I expect him to make it. Let's get to that Leafs dress code, the no dress code dress code. It was an amazing overtime in that game. As I mentioned, Shestyrkin with multiple saves. Jack Campbell was just as involved in that overtime as well. But the most entertaining bit from that Monday night game, which we are talking about here on a Friday, which, you know, I guess maybe we could be a little bit more current next week. But the most entertaining bit from that game were the very brief, very underwhelming fit checks for the Maple Leafs as they walked into the building for the first time with a lax dress code. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is probably way more stressful for these players and way more time consuming now without a dress code and having to worry about not just picking a suit off the rack to get ready for the game. Now you actually have to put some thought into what you might wear. We as common people understand this. When you're going to something where you're not sure what to wear, you're asking yourself, is this too casual? Is this too dressy? What am I supposed to do with my hands? There are probably only a handful of players who actually enjoyed this. Matthews, Nylander, Marner, I'm sure those were the ones that approached Kyle Dubas with this idea. And with Matthews being an unrestricted free agent in three seasons, you listen to anything he has to say. Uh, But while they love it, the rest probably have their heads in a pretzel trying to figure out what to do. The the default and the smart thing is just go to the golf shirt. Just, Just go to the golf shirt because if you don't go to the golf shirt and you don't know what to do, you end up being like John Tavares, who tried to be both business and casual by taking clashing element elements of both business and casual. The closest the NHL players have to style is with their suits, with taking their suit game to the next level. The Leafs are probably going to prove that with this lax dress code. And I think Jason Spezza already proved it by just wearing a suit and looking far better than everybody else. 
Let's get to the Chicago Blackhawks. There have been bad starts in Seattle, Montreal, Vegas, Colorado, Calgary. But no team is feeling it worse than the very, very down bad Chicago Blackhawks, at least I think. There was an expectation here, as much as they haven't been a good team for a couple years. Uh, There were tweets that this was a veritable Stanley Cup contender. Uh, I think it's pretty clear now, after four games, that that is not happening. Chicago is 0-3-1 to start the season. They have not held a lead yet. They have trailed by at least two goals in all four of their games. They've been outscored 15-3 to at 5-on-5. Five five. They are still being caved in even when chasing games, and that's been the vast majority. I think about 65% of the time they are trailing so far in this young season. And that, the fact that they're caved in while trailing, belies the proven science in hockey, which is that score effects are a real thing, except in Chicago. They have number one defender, Seth Jones, who has his extension for $9.5 million kick in next season, not taking the toughest matchups out there. Perhaps it's in an effort to open him up offensively. Could be. But perhaps it's because they're trying to shelter him, which is not a good look at this moment. It is ugly in Chicago. Can someone please come save the flower? The rookie race, the last topic before we get into the power five or my top five, which will be just a quick power rankings of the best five teams of the league at current moment. We're going to talk about the rookie race for a second. Now, I love tracking the Calder Trophy in general. It's one of the more interesting things, I think, uh, when we're talking about awards and and just new storylines heading into a season and throughout a season, because we kind of know what we're going to get for the other awards, right? Like it's McDavid's to lose, unless someone else comes out of nowhere. And for goal scoring, it's been Alex Ovechkin every year for a long time until recently when Austin Matthews sort of took the torch away from him. But every year we get a different storyline with the Calder Trophy. So I love tracking it. And I love the first 10 days or so when we look at the projections and the odds uh, and we get a more complete look at how these players will be used, how important they are to their new teams and how they actually look against NHL competition. We can kind of get immediate feedback on what our expectations were, what our projections were, and what is actually happening on the ice. So coming into this year for the Calder Trophy was basically a coin flip between Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks and Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens. Both had some Caulfield more than Zegras NHL experience last year, but we knew a little bit of what they would look like and what they could do coming into the season. Now, because of all that information and all that bias towards those two, what was a coin flip, at least it seemed between those two, it looks like a wide open Calder trophy race. That doesn't mean that Zegras and Caulfield have been bad. They just haven't really gotten off to the blocks. Maybe as we expected, the ducks have been surprising. They've absolutely filled the net. They have a bunch of wins from their first couple games. But Zegris does just one assist. He's shown flashes. He's been very dynamic and dangerous at times. He's playing on the top line with Adam Henrique and Ricard Raquel. He's playing on the number one power play. He has 10 shots on goal. But so far, his rookie teammate, Jamie Drysdale from the blue line, has been the more impactful scorer, at least offensively. So for me, I'm looking at this as a potential opportunity. Can you get a better price on Trevor Zegers to win the Calder Trophy now? Maybe in a couple more weeks, if he continues to sputter, can you get him at a way better number, even though it looks like he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to have a big rookie season? And we know he has the talent. So Trevor Zegers is definitely one to keep watch over. Caulfield, meanwhile, I mean, he's without a point in his first three games for Montreal. 
he only has one, I believe, high danger chance from an individual perspective as the Habs continue to struggle, I guess, in all ways, but more so or more than anything offensively. It just seems like it's a different world without Deneau. A lot of pressure now on Nick Suzuki and by extension, Cole Caulfield, he plays with him. So it's going to be interesting to see how Caulfield reacts to all that and if he can get it going because, you know, we've seen the flashes obviously last year in the postseason, very dynamic, very opportunistic, but maybe not the complete score yet. And maybe that's the case this year as well. My pick to win the Calder Trophy was Spencer Knight. um, And he was near perfect in his one start. The problem though, and why he might not just take it and run with it, is that Sergei Bobrovsky is not opening the door for him. He's been and it's only been two games, but he's been equally as good through those two starts, keeping his position. He's not giving the crease up just yet. Again, it is early to Spencer Knight, but if Sergei Bobrovsky continues to play well, uh, maybe Spencer Knight doesn't get the opportunity. Other rookies of note, Michael Bunting of the Toronto Maple Leafs leads all rookies with two goals and three points. There's some, you know, there's a couple of players with three points, a couple of players with two goals, but he's at the top of the list. He could easily win the scoring race if he sticks with the Maple Leafs top six, but it's going to be a real hard to make a case for him to win because he's a 26 year old, seven year pro in North America. And generally those players are not really considered, you know, in the running. Yes. Artemi Panarin did win the Calder trophy as a 26 year old in his first year in the NHL, but it's different. I mean, Michael Bunting has been at what five, six NHL training camps has played in the league. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Last year scored, what, 11 goals? Played in multiple seasons. Has a ton of experience in North American professional hockey under his belt. Artemi Panarin was waiting for his opportunity to come over and obviously made the best use of it and was ultra-dynamic and a real driver for the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, Bunting will probably just be um, picking up, uh, you know, points and production because he's being more of a facilitator to a strong top six, but we shall see what happens there. Lucas Raymond is another one that sticks out. Uh, he has a, he had a golden assist in his last game. I believe he has three points in as many games to start the year. He's playing on the top line with the Detroit Red Wings, former fourth overall pick. He might be the dark horse in all this. And lastly, did we forget about Bowen Byram? Top four minutes playing behind Kale McCarr for the Colorado Avalanche. He has three points in as many games to the start of the season. We know how dynamic this kid is. He could have, he was in the NHL in spots last year, but for a variety of reasons, didn't quite stick. Maintains his rookie status, and he could be 
a force as well in this rookie race. I love tracking the rookies. We've got a really good crop of them, many of which are returning from stints last year. So uh, a lot to consider as we continue to track these guys. Okay, let's get to the top five, my top five, or the power five. I don't know if we've labeled anything or we've labeled this just yet, but we'll call it my top five for now. This is going to be fluid, uh, and it's not going to contain the Colorado Avalanche this week, which tells you what I'm trying to do here. It's the teams that are performing at the top five right now. Colorado's had a difficult start. Vegas has had a difficult start. They're not in the top five, even though every prognosticator would have had them as top five teams heading into the season because, but because of a slow start, they are not in or on this list. Number five, we will start. Fifth best team in the National Hockey League right now is the Minnesota Wild. Now they're just getting by so far with three one goal victories. They're three and zero on the year, and they had a seriously fortunate and dramatic set of circumstances set up their last victory over the Winnipeg Jets. But they were considered one of the league's best teams last year, believed to be one of the league's best teams this year coming in. Kirill Kaprizov and Yoel Eriksson-Ek performing at the height of their games right now to start the season. A lot of good things happening in Minnesota, and you're never going to quibble with six points from three games. The Minnesota Wild, number five to start the season on my power five. Number four, maybe the most surprising team to start or the most surprising start to the season belongs to the St. Louis Blues. They have wins over two of the best teams from last season. We've mentioned them already, Colorado and Vegas. They're averaging five goals per game. Vladimir Tarasenko scored the winner against Vegas. He's back. And Jordan Cairo has filled the net. And the most important thing, maybe the best sign for St. Louis, who we didn't really know what to expect for them coming into this year, Jordan Bennington has not been that great since winning a Stanley Cup and signing a big money extension. He's been very, very solid for St. Louis, who are 3-0 and who lead the Central Division. Number three, this is the only team that doesn't have like a real strong sample so far. They are perfect through two games, but they've only played two games through the first eight, nine-ish days of the season here, which is not much. But there's no reason not to have the Carolina Hurricanes here. We believed in them coming into the year. We believe in them now, and there's no reason not to believe in them after two wins over the Islanders and Predators. How about Freddie Anderson? 38 saves in a win over Nashville. If he can be that guy for Carolina, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here all season long. So number three goes to Carolina again. Number four was St. Louis and five, the Minnesota wild. Number two, we have the Edmonton Oilers, a three and O start for the Oilers, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl with a combined six goals and 16 points through three games. That's over five per for the best players, maybe in the entire world playing on the same line there in Edmonton. But the most important development, I think Evan Bouchard caught or spotted, it's a caught, spotted playing major defensive minutes, late game pro- lead protection minutes with Darnell Nurse in the win the other night over the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, all this hand wringing over Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, and if they still have the ability to defend at a high level, how about just eliminating that concern by having Evan Bouchard, the top 10 pick from a couple seasons ago, just step up and meet his pedigree, his first bound pedigree by playing elite defense for the Edmonton Oilers. That would be a massive, massive development for them. It would eliminate a lot of the concern over that team, which only really seems weak if Mike Smith can continue to play well. I know he's injured right now, but if 
they can have a solid defensive core, if they can have a guy like Evan Bouchard step up and be a difference maker, and with that forward group, could be the year for the Edmonton Oilers. Also, Derek Ryan, looking like one of these sneaky big free agent acquisitions. I mean, the Oilers always had trouble in their bottom six, having guys just do their job, connect one McDavid shift to the other McDavid shift. They couldn't seem to do that. Derek Ryan just looks like the smartest player on the ice. Clearly not the most talented player on the ice, but a guy who can just help them survive those shifts and do the small things very, very well. I think that's going to be a big key for Edmonton this year and fortifying that bottom six. But they do have a little problem coming up here with Mike Smith, uh, I believe landing on the injured list. It looks like Miko Koskinen is going to have to fill in here and do his best. This has been a replacement level type goaltender over the last few years. He won in relief the other night, which is, again, a sign of new things for the Edmonton Oilers. But can they continue to win with him in net? I'm going to find out very soon. But a strong, strong start here for the Edmonton Oilers, who are number two on my list. And number one, the Florida Panthers, the only elite team coming into the season, performing immediately like an elite team to start the year. They have wins over the Lightning, Islanders, and Penguins to start. They are 3-0 and and tied with the Buffalo Sabres atop the Atlantic division. They're scoring almost five goals per game compared to just two against the Florida Panthers are for real. And we need to start getting used to that. That was solo edition. The Yahoo sports hockey podcast. We will be back next week with the top five with more headlines and lots more to talk about as the NHL season is now well underway. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 